Yeah. Well, did you ever, did you see the news report of the kid that, uh, the cops came to his house? No. He was, uh, I forget what game he was playing, but I guess he had accidentally, like, butt-dialed 911, <laughs> and he, he said something about killing two people. Oh, shit. So the cops came to his house, but he was just playing a video game. Oh, wow. Damn. Can you imagine that? You're just sitting in the room all of a sudden. Please get on the ground. The fuck? I'm playing a video game. That's I mean, that's just a funny way of doing it. Because, I mean, it does happen because people get swatted. Mm-hmm. Because other people are fucking morons. I don't know what that means. Like, if you piss someone off in a video game or or wherever, they'll find out where you live. And they'll call the cops or something and be like, oh, yeah, he has someone held up at gunpoint. So then they'll send SWAT to you. Shut really? up. And they'll, yeah. There's tons of videos of stream on streams. Like, you hear the police come. What the fuck? Yeah. See, this is why I don't like playing online. <laughs> then, because I suck. But that's a whole different story. Let's start. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome, wick, 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 we wouldn't know how that went last week. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. Speaking of which, you're wearing the same shirt that you were wearing last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, Inside joke. <laughs> recording in the same night. <laughs> yeah. Um. So last week we were talking about pretty much just uh, Capone's life and everything like that and how it... Um, Leading up to St. Valentine's Day Massacre and everything like that. So today we're actually going to cover the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. St. Valentine's Day Massacre shocked the world on February 14th, 1929, when Chicago's north side erupted in gang violence. Gang warfare ruled the streets of Chicago during the late 1920s and today. As Chief Gangster Al Capone sought to consolidate control by eliminating his rivals in the illegal trades of bootlegging, gambling, and prostitution. Fucking whores. The rash of gang violence reached its bloody climax. Giggity. (laughs) Sounds painful. In a garage on the city's north side on February 14, 1929, when seven men associated with the Irish gangster George Bugs Moran one of Capone's longtime enemies, were shot to death by several men dressed as policemen. St. Valentine's Day Massacre, as it was known, remains an unsolved crime and was never officially linked to Capone. 
but he was generally considered to have been responsible for the murders. From 1924 to 1930, the city of Chicago gained a widespread reputation for lawlessness and violence. Not coincidentally, this phenomenon coincided with the reign of Chief Crime Lord L. Scarface Capone, who took over from his bosses, Johnny Torrio. See, I'm getting better. Last week I was terrible. In 1925. <clears throat> Torrio, who was seriously wounded in an assassination attempt in 1924, had retired to Brooklyn. Uh, this is pretty much kind of like what I was going over last last week. Uh, did I say this? Capone's income from these activities were estimated at yes. some... Okay, $60 million a year. Let's see. Chicago... Okay, here we are. Chicago's gang war reached its bloody climax in the so-called St. Valentine's Day Massacre of 1929. One of Capone's longtime enemies, the Irish gangster George Bugs Moran, ran his bootlegging operations out of a garage at 2122 North Clark Street. Um, on February 14th, seven members of Moran's operation were gunned down while standing lined up facing the wall of the garage. Some 70 rounds of ammunition were fired. When police officers from the Chicago's, 30, Chicago's 36th district arrived, they found one gang member, Frank Gusenberg, barely alive. In the few minutes before he died, they pressed him to reveal what had happened. See, what had happened was... <laughs> Uh, but Gusenberg wouldn't talk. Police could find only a few eyewitnesses, but eventually concluded that the gunmen dressed as police officers had entered the garage and pretended to be arresting the men. Though Moran and others immediately blamed the massacre on Capone's gang, the famous gangster himself claimed to have been at his home in Florida at the time. No one was ever brought to trial for the murders. It remains one of the biggest unsolved crimes in history. Though the St. Valentine's Day Massacre marked the end of any significant gang opposition to Capone's rule in Chicago, it can also be said to have marked the beginning of his downfall. With his highly effective organization, his impressive income, and his willingness to ruthlessly eliminate his rivals, Capone had become the country's most notorious gangster and the newspapers dubbed him public enemy number one. <laughs> Federal authorities began investigating Capone after he failed to appear before a federal grand jury after being subpoenaed in March 1929. When he finally appeared and testified, federal agents arrested him for contempt of court. Capone posted bond and was released only to be arrested in Philadelphia that May on charges of carrying concealed weapons. Capone served nine months in prison and was nine months in prison and was released for good behavior in February 1931. A federal court found Capone guilty on the contempt charge and sentenced him to six months in Cook County Jail. Meanwhile, the U.S. Treasury Department had launched an investigation of Capone for income tax invasion. Evasion. Invasion. It's an invasion. <laughs> Through diligent forensic accounting, special, special agent Frank Wilson and other members of the Intelligence Union, Unit, Unit, <laughs> of the Internal Revenue Service, IRS, were able to put together a case, and in June 1931, Capone was indicted for evasion of federal income tax. Convicted that October, October. <laughs> feel the dark side. After an internationally publicized trial, 
Capone was sentenced to 11 years in prison. Can you say his last name one more time? Capone. Okay. Is it me, Donnie, or does it sound like he's putting an M in there, like Compone? Am I? Sometimes it sounds like it, but maybe it's just me. No, no, it's fine. I don't want to give you a complex now. You're going to think about it because you're already having trouble telling your names. (laughs) (laughs) That's my job. (laughs) Resident asshole of the podcast. Capone. (laughs) (laughs) He was sentenced to 11 years in prison, first in Atlanta and later uh, later at Alcatraz. Uh... Alcatraz. It's a tourist <laughs> attraction, isn't it? I would love to go there. I know. Yeah, I would no, love yeah. to go there. I think that would be... that. That's a bucket list thing. Yes. San Francisco, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like its own little island. Mm-hmm. It's The Rock. <laughs> that was my... Uh, that's why... That's, Sean Connery impersonation. That's why, that's why they <laughs> deemed it like inescapable. Right, because it was. Except... They, there was one person that escaped. Three. All three? Three people, yep. yeah. But they don't know if they actually got away or if they <clears throat> right. died in the water. They've never been found, so they don't know yet. If, if... Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, they got eaten by sharks. It was Megalodon. <laughs> um, What's Compone doing now? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> he was released in 1939, asshole. He died an invalid recluse at his Florida home in 1947. Around a year after the 1929 stock market crash, Capone opened a soup kitchen in Chicago that... <laughs> no, you said it. I'm listening. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm intently listening. That touted free soup and coffee, free soup, coffee, and donuts for unemployed and served more than 2,000 people a day. Really? Yeah. So he gave back to the people. Yeah, they they call him the, well, at the time, the modern day Robin, right, Robin Hood. Right, you said that earlier. <clears throat> You're right. That is correct. Uh, Capone contracted syphilis in his early (laughs) days in Chicago, most likely from a prostitute, never treated, and began to show signs of neurosyphilis while locked looked. Dude, I I cannot talk. So it continued from last week. You can't talk this week either. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, While locked up in Alcatraz, his odd behavior led to a diagnosis of syphilis of the brain. In, ni- in February 1938. In early 1939, he was transferred to a, a Los Angeles area prison hospital called Terminal Island. That sounds terrible. Terminal Island? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Fuck no. That doesn't fu- sound like a fun amusement You're going bar. to Deathbed Island. <laughs> <laughs> in November, he was then transferred to Pennsylvania, where he was released on November 16, 1939. Um. Yeah, there's not much about the. I mean, there's. I'm sure there's way more on the actual St. Valentine's Day massacre. So I have some. Like I said a follow up to you. You led up to the massacre and you gave us the massacre. So I have to continue. Um. So you did not go over the victims at all, did you? No. So I have those listed right here. Here are the seven victims. First, you have Peter Gusenberg a frontline enforcer for the Moran organizations. Then you have Frank Gusenberg, the brother of Peter Gusenberg and also an enforcer. You have Albert Kachelik. His alias was James Clark. Sounds nothing like Albert Kachelik. James Clark. He was Moran's second-in-command. You have Adam Hayer. He was the bookkeeper and business manager of the Moran gang. Then you have Reinhardt Schwimmer. I wonder if... David David Schwimmer? Schwimmer? I wonder... (laughs) 
an optometrist who had abandoned his practice to gamble on horse racing, racing and associate with the gang. Then you have Albert Weinshank, who managed several cleaning and dyeing operations for Moran. His resemblance to Moran is allegedly what set the massacre in motion before Moran arrived, including the clothes that he was wearing. John May, an occasional car mechanic for the Moran gang. Moran gang, sorry. So I'm not the only one. If you notice, <laughs> a few of those names have sound Jewish. I did notice, Lupe, I don't think you noticed, You mentioned this earlier, but they said that... Um, earlier or last week? Yes, yes, last week. <laughs> um, so it says the... Uh, where did I see it at? Damn it. Oh, so it says the, the murders resulted for from the competition for control of organized crime, blah, blah, blah. Um, why can't I find it now? Of course, when I want to find what I was looking for. Um, he had us all hyped up to have this information, and now he can't even find it. I know. I'm so horrible. I will say, um, the one guy that you said the police tried to question, the Goosenberg guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, he did have 14 bullet holes in him. Yeah. And um, when they asked him what happened, his quote was, no one shot me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I actually heard that on another podcast. Uh, yeah. Talking about I just that. found that right now. It says, mm-hmm. to give the appearance everything was under control, the men in street clothes came out with their hands up, prodded by the two uniformed policemen. Inside the garage, the only survivors in the warehouse were May's dog, Highball. Yeah, they didn't kill the dog, thank and God. And Frank Gusenberg, despite 14 bullet wounds. He was still conscious, but he died three hours later, refusing to identify the killers. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, so originally <coughs> originally Man. two of the mobsters dressed up like police officers mm-hmm. to give the impression that the other guys were like getting arrested or whatever and that's how they got them to face the wall right yeah and then and okay then the so the other guys dressed in suits came in and then that's when they and i did out. find what i wanted to talk about so um the investigation it says it says the valentine's day massacre which you mentioned this set off a public outcry which posed a problem for all the mob bosses within days component so i know i said compone <laughs> <laughs> it says, it was common knowledge that Moran was hijacking Capone's Detroit-based liquor shipments, and police focused their attention on Detroit's predominantly Jewish purple gang. Landladies Mrs. Duty and Mrs. Orvitson had taken in three men as rumors ten days before the massacre, and their rooming houses were directly across the street from North Clark Street Garage. So they picked out mugshots of purple gang members George Lewis Eddie Fletcher, Phil Keywell, and his younger brother, Harry, but they later wavered in their identification. The police questioned and cleared Fletcher, Lewis, and Harry Keywell. Nevertheless, the Keywell brothers, and by extension the Purple Gang, remained associated with the crime in the years that followed. Many also believed that the police were involved, which may have been the intention of the killers. On February 22nd, police were called to the scene of a garage fire on Wood Street, where they found a 1927 Cadillac sedan disassembled and partially burned and determined that the killers had used that car. They traced the engine number to a Michigan Avenue dealer who had sold the car to a James Morton of Los Angeles. The garage had been rented by a man calling himself Frank Rogers, who gave his address as 1859 West North Avenue. This was the address of the Circus Cafe operated by Claude Maddox, a former St. Louis gangster with ties to the Capone gang. The Purple gang and the St. Louis gang 
Egon's rats. <laughs> Police could not turn up any information about persons named James Morton or Frank Rogers, but they had a definite lead on one of the killers. Just minutes before the killings, a truck driver named Elmer Lewis had turned a corner a block away from 2122 North Clark and sideswiped a police car. He told police that he stopped immediately but was waved away by the uniformed driver who was missing a front tooth. Board of Education President H. Wallace Caldwell had witnessed the accident and gave the same description of the driver. Police were confident that they were describing Fred Burke, a former member of Egon's Rats. Burke and a close companion named James Ray were known to wear police uniforms whenever on a robbery spree. Burke was also a fugitive, under indictment for robbery and murder in Ohio. Police also just suggested that Joseph Lolardo could have been one of the killers because of his brother Pasqualino's recent murder by the Northside gang. Interesting. See how it all ties in? Police then announced that they suspected Capone gunman John Scalisi and Albert Anselmi, as well as Jack McGurn and Frank Rio, a Capone bodyguard. Police eventually charged McGurn and Scalisi with the massacre. Cabone, Capone. Capone? Capone, yeah. Cubone. <laughs> Capone murdered Scalisi, Anselmi, and Joseph Hoptoed Giunta in May 1929 after he learned about their plan to kill him. The police dropped the murder charges against Jack McGurn because of a lack of evidence, and he was just charged with a violation of the Mann Act. I don't know what that is. He took his girlfriend, Louise Rolf, across straight state lines to marry. Um, the case stagnated until December 14th, 1929. So I'm basically going on, like I said, the post-massacre investigation. Um until 1929, when the Berrien County, Michigan Sheriff's Department raided the St. Joseph, Michigan bungalow of Frederick Dane, the registered owner of a vehicle driven by Fred Killer Burke. Burke had been drinking that night, then rear-ended another vehicle and drove off. Patrolman Charles Skelly persuaded, or sorry, pursued, finally forcing him off the road. Skelly hopped onto the running board of Burke's car, and he was shot three times and died of his wounds that night. <laughs> The car was found wrecked and abandoned just outside St. Joseph and traced to Fred Dane. By this time, police photos confirmed that Dane was in fact Fred Burke, wanted by the Chicago police for his participation in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Police raided Burke's bungalow and found a large trunk containing a bulletproof vest, almost $320,000 in bonds recently stolen from a Wisconsin bank, two Thompson submachine guns, pistols, two shotguns, and thousands of rounds of ammunition. St. Joseph authorities immediately notified the Chicago police who requested both machine guns. They used the new science of forensic ballistics to identify both weapons as those used in the massacre. They also discovered that one of them had also been used to murder New York mobster Frankie Yale a year and a half earlier. Unfortunately, no further concrete evidence, evidence surfaced in the massacre case. Burke was captured over a year later on a Missouri farm. The case against him was the strongest in connection to the murder of Officer Skelly, so he was tried in Michigan and subsequently sentenced to life imprisonment. He died in prison in 1940. Dun, dun, dun. And that's like the investigation part, which shows that it's still basically unsolved to this day. They all have their ideas, yeah, but so, unsolved. So the Mann Act is also known as... The White Slave Traffic Act of 1910. It's a federal law that criminalizes the transportation of any woman or girl for the purpose of prostitution or debauchery. 
or for any other immoral purpose. <laughs> also, and I, I forgot to mention this, um, so George Moran, Bugs, was actually supposed to be there too. Right. And he wasn't there because he was running late. Yeah. So when he pulled up and seen all the officers, quote unquote officers, he left the scene. Hmm. Stole my shine, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Don. Do you want to say it? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, say it. No, lost the shine now. <laughs> no, but, uh, so yeah, that was the case. They were trying to lure him there um, with stolen the stolen Canadian whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, he did leave his hotel late. Um, and I think one of the reasons that it uh, went wrong was because one of Capone's lookouts saw a guy who looked to be the same height and build as Moran, but it was just that wine shank guy. Mm-hmm. So they thought Moran <coughs> was already there. Right, that's what I had said, that they, yeah. they started early because they thought it was him, but it was yeah. someone else that looked like him. Yeah, so then... Uh, so then Moran turned around, and I think he went to a coffee shop nearby, and he saw Henry Goosenberg walking on the street and warned him, so he turned around and left. Hmm. And uh, that's when the guys in the cop uniform signaled to the other guys in the civilian clothes, and then the uh, massacre happened. And then to keep up the charade, the guy in the civilian's clothes walked out with their hands up with the cops prodding, well, the guys in the officers' uniforms prodding them and just made it look like they were arresting the guys in the civilian clothes. Hmm. And then the real cop showed up. So, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I also have more information. I have a lot of stuff, too, that I looked up but didn't print like you, Lupe. (laughs) So, this is called... And a lot of my information, just if we're revealing sources, because I don't want to take anyone else's credit, a lot of this is from Wikipedia. Um, but the Bolton Revelations, this is called. On January 8th, 1935, FBI agents surrounded a Chicago apartment building at 3920 North Pine Grove, looking for the remaining members of the Barker gang. A brief shootout erupted, resulting in the death of bank robber Russell Gibson. Taken into custody were Doc Barker... Byron Bolton, and two women. Bolton was a Navy machine gunner and associate of Egon's Rats, and he had been the valet of Chicago hitman Fred Goats. Bolton was privy to many of the Barker gang's crimes and pinpointed the Florida hideout of Ma Barker and Freddie Barker, both of whom were killed in a shootout with the FBI a week later. Bolton said he took part in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre with Goats, Fred Burke, and several others. So this guy literally admitted to doing it. The FBI had no jurisdiction in a state murder case, so they kept Bolton's revelations confidential until the Chicago American newspaper reported a second-hand version of his confession. The newspaper declared that the crime had been solved, despite being stonewalled by J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI, who did not want any part of the massacre case. Garbled versions of Bolton's story went out in the national media. Bolton, it was reported, said that the plan to murder Bugs Moran had been plotted in October or November 1928 at a Cotteray, Wisconsin resort owned by Fred Goats. Present at this meeting were Goats, Al Capone, Frank Nitti, Fred Burke, Gus Winkler, Luis Campagna, Daniel Saratella, William Pacelli, and Bolton. 
the men stayed two or three weeks hunting and fishing when they were not planning the murder of their enemies. (laughs) (laughs) Bolton said that he and Jimmy Moran were charged with watching the SMC Cartage Garage and phoning the signal to the killers at the Circus Cafe when Bugs Moran arrived at the meeting. Now, this Jimmy Moran is no relation to Bugs Moran. I read that earlier, too, that this Jimmy Moran guy was mentioned somewhere, and he is not related to this Bugs Moran. Police had found a letter addressed to Bolton in the lookout nest and possibly a vial of prescription medicine. Bolton guessed that the actual killers had been Burke, Winkler, Goats, Bob Carey, Raymond Craneneck Nugent, <laughs> and Claude Maddox, four shooters and two getaway drivers. Bolton gave an account of the massacre different from the one originally told by historians. He said that he saw only plainclothes men exit the Cadillac and go into the garage. This indicates that a second car was used by the killers. George Brichette said he saw at least two uniformed men exiting a car in the alley and entering the garage through its rear doors. A peerless motor company sedan had been found near a Maywood house owned by Claude Maddox in the days after the massacre, and in one of the pockets was an address book belonging to the victim, Albert Weinshank. Bolton said that he had mistaken one of Moran's men to be Moran, after which he telephoned the signal to the Circus Cafe, which as you had just mentioned, Don. Mm-hmm. The killers had expected to kill Moran and two or three of his men, but they were unexpectedly huh, confronted with seven men. They simply decided to kill them all and get out fast. Bolton said that Capone was furious with him for his mistakes and the resulting police pressure and threatened to kill him, only to be dissuaded by Fred Goats. His claims were corroborated by Gus Winkler's widow, Georgette, in an official FBI statement and in her memoirs, which were published in a four-part series in a true detective magazine during the winter of 1935-36. She revealed that her husband and his friends had formed a special crew used by Capone for high-risk jobs. The mob boss was said to have trusted them implicitly, and he nicknamed them the American Boys. Bolton's statements were also backed up by William Drury, a Chicago detective who had stayed on the massacre case long after everyone else had given up. Bank robber Alvin Carpice later said to have had heard the second hand from Ray Nugent about the massacre and that the American boys were paid a collective salary of $2,000 a week plus bonuses. Carpice also said that Capone had told him while they were in Alcatraz together that Goats had been the actual planner of the massacre. So despite Byron Bolton's statements, no action was taken by the FBI. All the men whom he named were dead by 1935, with the exception of Burke and Maddox. Bank robber Harvey Bailey complained in his 1973 autobiography that he and Fred Burke had been drinking beer in Calumet City, Illinois, at the time of the massacre, and the resulting heat forced them to abandon their bank robbing ventures. Historians are still divided on whether or not the American boys committed the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. So that's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So Capone still, you know, is involved in it, but they're saying these American boys are the ones that actually did it, you know? So here's a fun fact. Do you ever hear that song, The Night Chicago Died? I don't know. Let's see, I'll play a quick snippet. Alright, so that song was actually uh, inspired by the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Really? Yeah. Um, sorry, Don, I didn't realize I was going to cut you off like that. 
What were you saying now? No, I just want to visit the National Museum. Is that the one in Gatlinburg? No, it's in D.C., I think. There's two then, because there's one in Gatlinburg. We went to that also. Oh. Fucking awesome. We While we were there, they had the actual Volkswagen bug that Ted Bundy drove around in. Around in. Shut up. They had a O.J. Simpsons Bronco. Um, they have the clown suits from Gacy. They have letters from Ted Bundy. Man, I'll show you the pictures I got saved, because... That was fucking that's phenomenal. Awesome. Like we did a lot in oh, Gatlinburg. That's definitely Sorry. something I would like to visit. It was in DC, then they moved it, so it is the Gatlinburg one. I think they still have two locations or though. The Pigeon Forge. I think they're still yeah, Pigeon Forge. Man, yes, it was oh, so awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, I I just can't. It was it was awesome. Like the the serial killer part alone was amazing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um. You know, I said, you know, my fascination, Jamie's fascination with serial killers, but I said they had um, like Charles Manson's guitar. They had uh, like lyrics he wrote for, because um, he claimed, he oh, claimed yeah. to write a Beatles song, you know, or, or, or the uh, Beatles stole a song from him or something like that. He was actually, because I just listened to um, his story and he was actually, was it the Monkees or Beach Boys? Mm -hmm. That's what it was, Beach, Beach Boys, not yeah. the Beatles, yeah. Yeah, he was friends with one of yeah. the Beach Boys. I think they have, uh, uh, what was it, Ted Kaczynski's Bible there, too. Ted Kaczynski, that, was that? Uh, the Bomber. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, yeah uh, like I said, I, I'll, have to, I'll have to look through my pictures again and show you uh, some of the stuff. I got pictures of um they they had uh, Aaron Hernandez. You remember the tight end from Patriots? They had a lot of his. They had one of like his jerseys or something. They had um, I said Gacy. They had uh, um, God. I can't even think now. Now I'm going brain dead. Some some writings. They had Christmas cards that um, I think Gacy sent out or I Bundy think, I or. I think they have his uh, clown suits. As the first thing I said. Oh, does it? I got pictures of them on my phone. <laughs> Both his clown suits. I wasn't paying attention. Either. Yeah, so it's it's a cool and it's it's a cool museum because yeah, it starts off with you, it goes through the times of like the different types and kinds of uh, police enforcement and and the crimes and they have a whole wing like and I got emotional. They have a whole wing of 9/11 where they play this video about the 9/11 stuff mm -hmm. and it's pretty pretty cool too. The, the they, that they, they have uh, I don't know if you said this. They have Old Smokey there. What's old smoky? The electric chair from Tennessee. Oh, I didn't mention that, but I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that. Yeah, we we got uh, we actually bought Easton a shirt. It's all red jumpsuit and it says suspect on the back, <laughs> or it says guilty or something like that. So yeah, we we got some cool stuff from there. That's yeah, that's some shit I'd love I'd like to do. So I said, as much time as you go to Nashville, yeah, go a little bit further in the other direction. Go to Gatlinburg. It's a that's a fun I've been time. Wanting to go there just to just to go. I, I've told Jamie a few times, if I was able to ever find like a job that pays me really well, or able to retire, or I would love to move to Gatlinburg. Like Tennessee in general is beautiful. I've never been to Nashville. I've only been to Gatlinburg. That and they don't have income tax. Oh, yeah. I didn't know about that. Just Gatlinburg is beautiful. I uh, I fell in love with it. We, I the one time we drove home from Florida, we stopped there. You know, we got forced out for the hurricane. Oh, the hurricane! Yeah, when I the bear. That when the bear was right 10 feet away from me. So um, we stopped there, you know, for a night. For like, literally, we left Florida. It took us 16 hours to get to Gatlinburg. 
which normally is like a seven-hour drive. Damn. And, uh, well, that was because everybody was trying to uh, yes, evacuate. evacuate. Yeah. We got we got in at like 3 a.m. and then woke up by 7 a.m. to c- continue driving home, but saw a little bit, and then we took an actual vacation there with the kids. And, mm-hmm. yeah, Gatlinburg is gorgeous. And then especially, <laughs> you know, like I said, you know Nashville's a party town, Yeah. but Gatlinburg has all the moonshine and all the, um, you know, they have old smoky, like he said, old smoky, old uh-huh. smoky moonshine, and they have the other mm-hmm. moonshines there. So And the, have, the lift, the Dillinger's sky lift. Death mask. Who's? Dillinger. Oh, wow. I think I seen, I think I said, I seen all that stuff, but I took more pictures of this, of the, um, the serial killer shit than anything else. I know a fucking dream vacation you, you've been telling me about. New Orleans. Yep. Yep. Well, me and Jamie were supposed to go there and then. Bones Rosary. Oh, oh nice. We, we, we were supposed to go May, our five year wedding anniversary, May of 2020. Pandemic ruined that. Yeah. And we, and we said everything was in order because we had babysitters for the girls. We found cheap flights. We, everything. And then the pandemic happened, and it's, it'd be hard to go again now because the girls are both in school, and be someone had to worry about getting them to school, get them home from school, do this, do that. Yeah. It's just, oh. But that's like we both love to eat, and we both love scary, spooky shit. So New Orleans is right up our alley. It's um, so it's a different like the way I can explain it. During the day, it's 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 beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it smells like like death when you first get there in the morning. Heard it smells like piss. Yeah, it smells like shit, absolute dog shit. Um, <laughs> but it it goes away. Yeah. Um, during the day, it's lively. You get a lot of live bands, people standing outside, just random stuff like that. At night, it's a whole different story. Like you can't even recognize it at night. It's <laughs> weird. Um, it's it's a very beautiful town. It's just really muggy. It's really humid. Yeah. That's why. So. We were told by some people, uh, UIC, the girls used to work up front. I don't think she works there anymore. Her and her one friend, another girl worked up there, used to go there a lot. Mm-hmm. And they told me, yeah, do not go in the summertime. They said it's so hot. It's it's 95 degrees and humid. Yeah. They're like, you, you will, it's not worth it. Shit, I went in, I think it was April. Yeah. And it was 85 degrees and like 150% humidity. It was insane, and then leaving New Orleans, and came we came back to Chicago. It was thirty two degrees. So, I think this is a good time. Did you find something for the segment, Don? Oh yeah. Because I, before we wrap up this and go on many tangents, I have a few more things about the massacre. Okay. But I think this is a good point, though, for time for Donnie to do. Go ahead. Am I the asshole? Am I the asshole? So it says ASMR. This is um, ASMR voice. Am I the asshole? If I uninvited my brother from a family fee- uh, trip after figuring out his secret. Ooh, you better be able to tell us a secret during this. My family takes an annual trip, and for years now, we alternate al- alternate who pays. This year is my year. I dated a guy for two years, and let's just say he was incro- incredibly toxic, and I'm in a much better, me- much better mental state because he's out of my life. My brother is gay and has been in a relationship for six months, but hadn't introduced his boyfriend to us. This is odd because we'd met his previous boyfriends. As the weeks and months went on, I started to ask constantly why I couldn't meet his boyfriend. I started to worry it was... It was some insane age gap between them or something. 
Yesterday, my brother jokingly took my phone and ran off, so I jokingly took his, which he'd left unlocked. I got curious and looked in his pictures. I saw pictures of my ex. I was confused why'd he have pictures of my ex smiling. Then it hit me. I thought my ex was straight, so I needed confirmation. I unblocked him on Instagram to see tons of pictures of him of him and my brother clearly in a relationship. I confronted my brother about it, and he said, I'm sorry, this is why I didn't want to tell you. I didn't intentionally try to date him. He started hanging out with a friend of mine, and it went from there. I really care about him, and you know he's hot. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Since I'm paying for the trip, I'm uninviting my brother along with along with him. My family thinks I'm wrong for this. Am I the asshole? That's a hard one. I'm gonna go. I'm saying no. I can. I want to say. Hmm. I want to say I'm 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 leaning more towards yes because. Can't you tell him you can't bring the boyfriend with? You can come. I mean. It's not like, how do I phrase this? Like, well, the point is that she's pissed the brother even started dating him in the first place. Well, let's say it, the, it's kind of like if if us here, let's say, let's say I'm I'm dating someone, and then Lupe dates her later. To me, that would be that's harder and worse than finding out your person's gay. Yeah, that's breaking bro code. Because because that's just okay. Good, he doesn't. He doesn't like me anymore. I guess he was gay. I did I not know it? Okay, fine. It's bad because it's her brother. I think it's also the fact that he didn't tell her. Yeah, so I he well, kept it a secret. That's a tough one. I I think I'm leaning more towards no. But at the same time, I see where Danny's coming from. Like, they can easily tell tell the brother, like, well, yeah, you can come, but your boyfriend can't. Right. Like, I don't feel comfortable with your boyfriend there knowing that I dated him too. That's where I. That's where I'm coming from. Right. I, well, that's a tough one. I mean, that is a good one. Glad I switched it last minute. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one. It's that. It's a thinker. So. It's a tinker. Listeners, comment on Instagram. <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's. I I, I said I'm leaning towards. Yes. If I had to give a final yes or no answer, yes, you're okay. an asshole. It's still your brother. You can find a way to not have him bring the boyfriend with. But if it's family tradition to do that and it's your turn to pay, it just makes you look like you're looking for an excuse not to pay for someone to go. Right. That's true, too. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a tough one. Dun, dun, dun. I don't remember the outro one. Did you have an outro? That'll work. That works. <laughs> so we now return you to your regular rescheduled program. <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout out really quick mm -hmm. um, to Stir the Pot. Um, I totally just envisioned their government names and almost said them. Um, I've never met them, so I'm good with that. <laughs> Daphne and Velma. They got a thousand follows on Instagram. Wow. So congratulations, ladies. 
also they are celebrating their thousand followers by going to uh, the Electric Lady Lounge. It's a tattoo shop. And they are going to have a mythical creature flash event. So I don't know. I'm looking at their. Uh, I want a phoenix tattooed on me then. <laughs> I'm looking at their Instagram and it just says stay tuned for more details. Well, I when do you know. A phoenix or our logo? It's not a mythical creature, our logo. Yeah. I do know it's on March 17th, which is a Friday. And I, I talked to them earlier today. March 17th is also St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And I talked to them earlier today and said that I would try to go to their event. And maybe I would drag Donnie with me. So if you're interested. But yeah, shout out to you ladies. Congratulations. Yeah, to be Irish that day though. We can all pretend to be Irish. Maybe I'll get a mythical creature tattooed on me. Yes. So they're putting together this event for mythical creatures or that the... Or the tattoo place is. They're collabing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Did we ever find out what Squonkapalooza is? No. Squonkapalooza? Who said something like that? They did. They did. They got invited to MC it, whatever the hell it is. Oh, Squonkapalooza. Interesting. Yeah, if you're looking it up, you can't find it. I looked it up too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. It's sort of done. So. Maybe we can get to a thousand followers one day. You know, we're we on can't our even way. Get five listeners. We have a long way to go. <laughs> we are on our way. Oh yeah, on our way. We have 163. <laughs> 163 more than what we started with. When when did you last look at? It? We had 163. Right now. So when was the last time you looked before that? Earlier today. And how many was it at? 163. <laughs> And when did you look before that? Like, when was the last time it went? Like, when did it get to 163? Like, were you at, like, 151, like, two weeks ago? Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it was at 163, like, four months ago. Oh, so nothing new? <laughs> really? Okay. No, I, I was really well, wondering. To be fair, Lupe also doesn't really post, hadn't really posted on it much either. Yeah. True story. Oh, that's right. That's the Instagram. Yeah. I'm thinking about where Donnie used to be able to pull up stats of how many listens and stuff we had. Oh. oh. Yeah, down. That's. Down. And is there a way to find out how many like subscribers you have that like get our, get the podcast right away? Is there a way to figure that out or no? Subscribers? Yeah. Um, I, I don't saw know. It on Apple yesterday. I don't. I don't remember what it was. I'd have to look on my. Uh, can I look on my phone? Well, let me close out the Valentine's Day shit. Can I do that? Yeah. Go ahead. So I wanted to get into because I said I found this very interesting. Um, the oh. Real quick. Yes. So, on the Podbean site, it has downloaded sources. Yeah. It doesn't really say how many subscribers. It just gives you a percentage of, um, like, what people use to listen. Mm-hmm. So, it says 39.62% Spotify, 26.42% Amazon Music, and then Apple's third. Wow. I listen on Apple. I was expecting Apple to be, like, one of, uh, number one. No, a lot of people listen on shit on Spotify. Mm-hmm. I listen on Apple, but I have I, I have also I have a saved on Spotify also, but I listen on Apple. Yeah, there's a couple podcasts that I'm forced to listen to on Spotify because they stopped doing like uploading to Apple. Oh, really? Like Joe Rogan. Yeah. 
He stopped uploading Apple. He he's exclusively Spotify now. Mm. I listen to four podcasts religiously. I listen to Morbid. I listen to um, Crime Junkies. This one. And then I, right now, I'm binging like crazy. Smartless. I've told Lupe before, Mm -hmm. I I am in love with Smartless. It's Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett. And they are fucking hilarious. And and their banter back and forth. Like, it kind of reminds me of us. If we were famous and people wanted to hear us, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a lot that I get downloaded to my phone. Yeah, um, the main three are Two Bears One Cave. They're oh, fucking hilarious. Yariel loves them. Uh, Pat McAfee and CHGO Bears podcast. Nice. Oh, and Breaking Points too. My top would be, other than our own, because yes, I do listen. I do too every time. I don't know. I, I look at Don because Don doesn't listen. Oh, I know. I listened before, and now that I'm on here, like I was, a, I'm like, am I gonna listen? Because I was there for it. I'm like, nope, fuck it. I listened, and it's just <laughs> interesting, to, like to hear. Sometimes you miss shit. Yeah, and 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 just the oh yeah, I did say that. Man, that sounded so dumb. Why did I say that? <laughs> you know, like to criticize myself. Yeah. and also, Yeah, I do that a lot. And also to get mad at my own voice because we talked about this last time. I don't like my voice, but I'm in the perfect thing to be doing that, right? Here's my voice nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> so my number one is the cigar pulpit. Mm-hmm. Uh, stir the pot, granny shifting, and time suck with Dan Cummins. Time suck with Dan Cummins is pretty good. Granny shifting. All right. Fast and Furious kind, podcast. I don't know what kind of kinky shit you're right. doing. Right. Not the kink shame again. Fast and Furious podcast. You hear about your granny shifting. <laughs> Why is that a Fast and Furious? What does that have to do with the movies? Like, does it? Does they say something about that? Granny? Oh, they, they break down the movies minute by minute. But why is it called granny shifting? What is that? From the of? first movie. Does he say that in there? Yeah. Granny shifting, not double clutching like you should. Okay. Okay. There it is. All I know is family. Family. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the uh yes. new trailer? I did watch the Super Bowl, Donnie. Oh. It looks good. I think it I think it looks better than nine. Finn is looking old, man. I yeah. tell you that much though. I uh, think it looks better than I nine. That Jason Momoa is in it. I love Jason Momoa. That kinda Momoa throws me too. off. No, but, I like Jason know. Momoa now. Well that's because they, they don't have the rock in it. They had to have some kind of fucking The Rock's not in it? No. Uh, him and him and Vin don't get along. Nope. Fun. So, so, final thoughts. No, I'm not done reading stuff. Oh, okay. I want to really quick, this is going to be a quick section. Other suspects, because again, since it was unsolved, we do have the few people that have, you know, admitted to it. So, many mobsters have been named as part of the Valentine's Day hit team. The prime suspects are Cosa Nostra, Hit, oh, sorry, that's the name of the, the bomb. Cosa Nostra hitmen John Scalisi and Albert Anselmi. In the days after the massacre, Scalisi was heard, this is what I was hinting at earlier, Scalisi was heard to brag, I'm the most powerful man in Chicago. U- Union Siciliana President Joseph Guinta had recently elevated him to the position of Union's vice president. Nevertheless, Scalisi, Anselmi, and Guinta were found dead on a lonely road near Hammond, Indiana on May 8, 1929. 
gangland lore has it that Capone had discovered that the pair were planning to betray him. Legend states that Capone Capone, <laughs> Capone produced a baseball bat at the climax of a dinner party thrown in their honor and beat the trio to death. In 1995, this is recent now, well, recent-ish. <laughs> Almost 30 years ago. Right, I still think of 95. Oh, that was five years ago, like yeah. it's 2000. In 1995, Chicago criminologist Arthur Bilek, or Bilek, who had researched the massacre through FBI files and court transcripts for 30 years, named the participants in the massacre to have been Capone henchman, machine gun, Jack McGurn, who assembled the murder team that included lookouts Byron Bolton, Jimmy Moran, no relation to Bugs, and Jimmy McChryson. Their job was to watch the garage and alert Tony Accardo that the other trigger men, Fred Burke, Gus Winkler, Freddie Goats, and Robert Carey, when Bugs Moran appeared on, at the site. Another team member, according to Bilek, was Claude Screwy Maddox, who procured the killer's transportation, a car resembling those used by police. With the stage set, Capone and McGurn established alibis. Capone going to Florida, which we've mentioned already, mm-hmm. and McGurn checked into a hotel with his wife, Louise Rolfe. His claims were backed up by the former FBI agent, William Romer, who had heard claims of Tony Accardo also being involved as one of the shooters on several occasions by Murray the Camel Humphreys through a microphone planted in the Chicago tailor shop in 1959. Those are the only other suspects other than what we have said. So it's very interesting. Very interesting. And then my last final bit, the legacy. This is on, on, on you know Wikipedia, the legacy of it. So um, it says the garage at 2122, this is what I hinted at earlier, North Clark Street was demolished in 1967, and the site is now a parking lot for a nursing home. The bricks of the north wall against which the victims were shot were purchased by Canadian businessmen. For many years, they were displayed in various crime-related novelty displays. Many of them were later sold individually, and the remainder are now owned by the Mob Museum in Las Vegas. Dun, dun, dun. How cool would it have been to fucking own a brick of that wall? Man, tell me about it. With a bullet still lodged in it? And that's what's interesting. They have pictures of it right here, and it says, uh, right here, it shows a St. Valentine's Day massacre brick, and I don't know if there's a bullet still in it but it you can see from that picture it looks like there's a hole in Damn. it though, you know so that's pretty interesting you know it, what's what's let's see that was 19 that was the 20s that was before they started having asphalt roads and everything like paved roads like that it was all brick roads you know me being in chicago uh on route there's a lot of streets that are fucked up mm-hmm and it goes all the way down to the uh, brick the bricks, road. Yep. It looks so badass. And, like, there's days where I want to pull over and I just want to take pictures of it. But I'm always too busy. There's that one area over by where um, the school, Lawrence Hall Youth Services. Uh-huh. We used to have stops, like, across the street from there um, in a little area over there. And I think they like leaned into it heavy, like they have it down to the bricks on purpose. Like, oh no shit! Some of the it's cool over there, yeah. And then you can see the trolley systems too. Still, mm-hmm. sometimes like over there by the old carpet paint, mm-hmm. it still had the trolley system yeah. right in front of it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Final thoughts, Don. 
Did we wake you, <laughs> Sleeping Beauty? Oh, you're still waiting for something? Yeah. <laughs> Anything? Not really. So he had, uh, didn't Capone have underground tunnels and like Pullman and shit like that too? That's what the rumors are. I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, does anybody really know? <laughs> Without ratting on Capone? <laughs> yeah. I mean, shit. Uh, so here's here's an honest without do you do you guys know a lot about Capone or just what you've recently read or movies here and there movies here and there and like what I've recently read and shit like that I mean it could be a quick Google search right now but does, does did he have any kids does he have any like surviving offspring slash family bloodlines at all um, I think he had a granddaughter that's still alive maybe oh okay or great granddaughter or something like that nice. I don't know, I'm looking it up anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um. I keep yelling, uh, acting like Johnny. Oh, shit. A few living relatives still see. Hmm. So, this will drop probably the 28th, huh? Yeah. Going in the March when you guys listen to this. Yeah. Oh shit, that's right. Uh, I'm gonna plan something for Jamie's like... birthday again. <laughs> so since Jamie doesn't listen to this at all, I can talk about it freely. Like, well, yeah, I'm thinking about it'll be that one episode she listens <laughs> to. <laughs> I'm thinking about doing that uh, room escape right there in Cedar Lake. The locked in at the lake is called. Mm. Oh okay. I want to look into it. I, I keep wanting to look into it because I. Although, honestly, man, I would love to go to Milwaukee and do the Jeffrey Dahmer shit again. <laughs> oh, the tour thing? Yeah. You missed out. I did. You, Why didn't I go to that one? It's you and doing something with Nikki. <laughs> oh, I was with Wait. over there? Well, no, March of... No, it was two years ago, March 2021. Oh, oh I was single. Let's see, March 2021, I might have been in Florida. I forgot why you didn't go. Or no... I think you had a wedding that night or something. You had something going on. Two thousand? No, that was that was when I went to New Orleans. Was it? Yep. I think that's right. Cause I remember giving you shit like you'd rather go to New Orleans. Yeah. Instead of serial killer shit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Maybe. Because April was when I went to. Uh, Florida. We went. We went for her actual birthday. It was March thirteenth and fourteenth in twenty twenty one. Yeah, that was when I went to uh, New Orleans. I did an escape room in Tinley. It was fun. Well, I've done. I've done a couple of them. Yeah, we. Team Camelto, that's how yep. it all got started. Yep, because, so, I guess, this is coming out in March, so yeah, we can, so we talked about last week, about doing the uh, Serial Killer Haunted Tour, that was the first year, the second year we did a escape room based on H.H. H. Holmes' Murder Castle. Yeah. Um, Can't wait for that movie to come out. Keep hearing about movies, and that's fucking unbelievable. Devil in the White City? believe it when i see it that's been no, supposed to be i thought it's supposed to be they, they said a, a a show now like a series who knows leonardo caprio still assigned to it or not i have no idea that's, anyway that's been an ongoing thing for i think for the last 10 years longer than that it's been 20 years i think Jesus they've been Christ. talking about it um so then and then the, the year after that i think is when we bought our house or we had a party for when when nikki made the jello cake the jello the jello shot cake yeah, yeah. and then then we did, you know, one year we did the, like I said, we did the haunted house, we or the, the spend the night in the haunted jail. And then 
like I said, two years ago, me and Jamie, we asked anybody that wanted to go with us. We went, we found a bar, one of the last remaining bars in Milwaukee that Jeffrey Dahmer actually went to. And it's a haunted bar cigar lounge, which is why I invited you. Oh, yeah, I remember you telling me that, yeah. Yep, so I smoked two cigars at night. We drank some drinks. We went on an actual walking tour where Dahmer victims were found. Damn, um, got molested by Dahmer's ghost. I did, I did. <laughs> He said, I'm just trying to take some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bad meat. The meat went bad. I um, still haven't finished watching that series. We haven't either. It's so fucking good. We haven't finished it. I've seen the first four so far. I think we've seen... We just finished, shit, probably a couple months ago, the episode where he is dancing with the... You know, he's dancing. Uh-huh. With, you know, and, and with the shit going on, the, the TV recorder. But, um, yeah, so we did that. That was badass. Going to, we spent the night in Milwaukee and... Met some cool people. These two girls we met, um, they were two lesbians, and they were cool as fuck. They were, you know, we were talking with them, and I forgot what we were talking about, but something. We Jamie exchanged numbers with one of them about, you know, if we ever went up to Milwaukee again, to hit them up and everything. And but the bar was cool as fuck. You know, take away the whole Dahmer shit, but it was they had a, a a lady there that was doing palm readings and and shit, and then they sold cigars there, and and you could do. We wanted to do it. We were both. A little, it was too expensive, but and I think it was booked. But the bar is haunted. The upstairs room is supposed to be super haunted. You can spend the night in the upstairs room there. No shit. Yeah, so we we didn't do that, but it was just cool. That it was, was cool. cool. I love doing shit like that. That's why, I like now, say you you did that again, I would totally go. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think the timing was just bad. You you were going to New Orleans, you know? Yeah. Because you had said you wanted to go. It was just the timing was bad. And everyone, everyone's all, you know how it is. Oh, I want to do it. I want to do it. So then we put the invite out and no one shows up. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, fine. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, Yariel and Lydia were supposed to go. Uh-huh. Like, they literally said, we're going to go. We'll get a room and everything. And then they ended up not going. So they backed out too, so. Way to go, Yari. <laughs> I don't know if he listens. Probably not. <laughs> you and Danny just need to put up flyers around your work. For for what? Have people listen. No, then, we don't want them to. Then hand them out at stops. <laughs> See, I don't say nothing wrong about getting in trouble at work. Yeah, I do. You would get in trouble. Yeah, talking about. I don't remember. All I know is I have a whole episode that I was stoned, so Jeez. that would get me in trouble right there. Oh, right, they're saying it again too, so that's why. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Allie, she was in Florida uh, a little while ago, like last week or something like that, and. She she was on her way back and she was listening to us. Really? Yeah, and I guess the person the person next to her asked her what she was listening to and she she uh, she told him what we were listening to and everything like that. So that's cool. Well, I said yeah, I thought there you go, Ali. Spread it around. <laughs> well, now that I'm a full time participant of the pod, I can tell like Logan. I thought for sure would tell his friends when he was on it a couple. You know, the one time, mm-hmm. but. Again, I don't know what kids listen. The kids, kids listen to podcasts now or not. They're all yeah. still their music and everything. So, and yeah, I don't know. And I don't know how fun some of our topics are for you know college kids right now. Right. You know? So now, but, if we talked about like drinking and partying, I'm sure that would probably uh, right, right, right. Well, be a little bit more up their alley. Trying to get sponsored us by uh, by by Dixon. If you see, I tag, I know. I, I see. I was him. trying to tag Dixon in that. I was trying to. Uh, to actually tag the one that you're wearing that's the fighter right yeah yeah it wouldn't let me find it didn't find it so you want to know what's cool as fuck on my 
on my posts, I post with me and the girls uh-huh. and matching ones. Um, Dixon CA, the Cal- the Canadian Canadian yeah Canada Dixon commented on it. Oh, that's cool. They put all the fire. I'm like yes, because I I tagged Dixon Flannel Company in it, and uh, yeah, that's like my pride and joy right now that the Dixon Company liked my <laughs> you know commented on my picture. <laughs> so let's see, we have so upcoming episodes. We have the Titanic, which actually. We can actually push that one off until the actual anniversary of the Titanic, which is in April. I'll say that's coming up soon. Um, I have a whole list of haunted places, like, around us. You, mm-hmm. you good there? Yeah, I hit the mic on accident. Um, Moody's Lights, X-Men's Bridge, uh, Rita Road, the Gypsy's Graveyard. Graveyard. So I have all those and all their backstories, which that I can easily do without reading a paper <laughs> let's just I, take all the stuff and go record at x-man's bridge one night i'm totally down for that i am too um you can call me on the phone while you're there recording smell that you smell that danny i smell i smell bitch pussy oh well yeah bitch. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's from uh is that kid in play house party i have no that's idea before your guys yeah. time <laughs> no, I've seen that. All I know is They're I remaking it. All I know is that's that's what I said to get Danny to come out to see uh, Halloween with us that one time. That's not what got me to come out. <laughs> Remember when we made Danny mad that you Fuck watched you, guys. you watched pissed. it first here? <laughs> still pissed about this shit. Asshole. How did you like the last one? I didn't. I I'm th- I'm remembering. I spent so long now. I did like it. I liked it. I liked it. I did like it. That's right. I remember people reading people complaining about it, but I liked yeah. it. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like about it is you didn't see Michael for the first 40 minutes of the fucking movie. Yeah. 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 But, all right. Well, anyway. We, yeah, I got we, people to go kill. You need to stop saying that. You're going to have <laughs> FBI knocking on your door, man. Nah, I didn't butt dial him. <laughs> um... Yeah. So with that being said, you can find us on all your major podcast platforms. Find us on Instagram at Three Guys Pod Twenty Twenty One. Search up, uh, search up our new new um, name and everything. Oh, I got a good idea from Allie too. She told us that we should make T-shirts with our logo on it. She said she would buy buy one. So we have one sold. My my mom and dad would buy one. Or you would give her one. <laughs> or you would no, give her one. No, my mom told me. She was like, I'll buy one. She was like, your dad would buy one. I'm like, okay. If only we knew someone that worked at a uniform place that makes shirts. Yeah, that's expensive. Speaking of which, while moving, I found my tote. I found a tote or a box. I have a shit ton of Bobo and Bark shirts left over still. Oh, do you really? Yep. From both years. <laughs> well. Before I told uh, oh, last, and stickers too. Sorry. Last summer I went to like the Sox games because I had the tickets, and every time I went to go take a leak, there there'd be like a podcast sticker like just stuck on the wall by the by the uh, urinal. I'm like, yeah. I got I told Lupe and James I was like, we need to make those too. Yeah, those are the easiest to stick around places. The yeah. uh, so we do. 
uh, this is, again, spitballing live on the air, I guess. <laughs> but we got to figure out how to promote better. Like, if we have 163 listeners only or, or whatnot, however you want to phrase it, 163, whatever, are we are we going to full – we've got a full-on blast Instagram with shit. You know, we got yeah. a full-on blast – our Facebooks and that's kind of hard with, but you know, it's, 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 and that's, it's the hard thing too. Like if, if we're afraid of letting certain people hear it, it's hard to full on promote it. If we don't want certain people hearing. Right. Honestly, I don't really give a shit. Right. You're not doing anything wrong. I don't think like, no, it's not like, other than, other than smoking, but it's a whole different story. Right. But that's, but I mean, I know, the only friend that I have from our job would be Jeff. Right. On Facebook, you mean? Yeah. I mean, bar, but she's not going to listen. I don't know. She might. She commented on your post today. True. And she then, ain't going to say shit. Right. The only one I'd be more concerned about would be Jeff. Yeah. And I feel like he's always stoned. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he's so laid back. He really is. But yeah, no, um, maybe I can give you the credentials for the Instagram, Don. Well, I mean, you're doing good. Not, it's just, if, I, don't I just say, have to stay on it, though. That's the thing. Well, I don't want to say, like, if I hound you. Like, I'm not saying we got to post shit every day, but if we have a new episode, like, again, I've listened in the past. You've had many. I'll post it on Instagram, and, and there's nothing on yeah. there. So if, if you if you stay up with it, because I don't know how the Matrix work, like, but like, like um, TikTok. The, you can post three million videos. That's how you get people to watch you because your shit just floods it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Instagram's the same way, where the more you post, the more it floods it, or if we need listeners first to search for it to find. You know what I mean? Right. Like I don't know how it works. I just know, like, again, on I have more friends on Facebook. I do have friends on Instagram, like a lot, and and I can maybe post that in my story today because you know your story. You can click on people, see those little circles on top, and watch the story. I think more people watch stories, stories than, they, than, yeah. than they click on your page. You know what I mean? And that's that whole TikTok algorithm thing too. Like, right? Yeah, I get it. And I we have a we have a an inst or a TikTok too, and I just like three videos on it. Yeah, that's hard to do a TikTok video though of a podcast. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and and especially with people that don't want to get recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, I'm wondering how, like, what would make a pod interesting other than just, or an inst- a TikTok interesting other than, hey, it's us recording again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. TikTok's hard, I think, for a podcast. I'd have to look at other podcasts, TikToks, how mm-hmm. they do it. But I think it's a lot of it is just, it's, and, and, and if you're more, if we're more consistent, you know, if you know, hey, release date is Tuesday every week. You know what I mean? Like before, you, like when you were first starting out, like this is just shit I've picked up on. I'm not claiming to be some expert. Just from listening to you guys over the last year and then listening to other podcasts, how how they started, like like Morbid started off small, and and their their equi- like I think your equipment's better than they started off with. Like they always joke about how they feel like they were recording in a fishbowl when they first started. Their mm-hmm. their sound was horrible, and your guys is I think I believe. With Donnie sitting closer with the headphones, because I said you always heard like James got quiet and Donnie yeah. quiet a few times, so sound is good. It starts off and then having a yes, we release new episodes on this date, so that people aren't searching for it. You know, like right. hey, when's the new one come out? Oh, I don't know. Well, fuck it, we're not gonna look for it anymore. You know, so that yeah. helps. You know, consistency and then having you know good topics and being interesting. I mean, that's number one. People aren't gonna listen to boring people. Mm-hmm. So if we're interesting, you know, again, people, hey, let us know if you think we're interesting or not. You you know, all of our 
three listeners, let us know what you think. Um, <laughs> and you know what? That's, that's what I picked up on um, from Stir the Pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a set time. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, well, see, they they record, I think, during the week or whenever mm-hmm. they get a chance. But their day to release is on Tuesday mm-hmm. at 4.20 in the morning. Oh, okay. So, and and when I was helping Daphne... With our one year, uh, when with our one year anniversary episode, mm-hmm. I was sending it to her, and then I messed up, and there was still a government name still in the, right. in the cast, and I told her not to post it. So she actually gave me her password and everything like that to get into their yeah the to their stuff to delete it yeah, and they can actually schedule. So she oh no oh yeah you can schedule when it's dropped yeah when it's dropped so she. Edit it right away, mm-hmm. and then drops it later, and then dro- and then schedule it to, schedules it to right. be dropped. So, like I know, uh, like I said, Morbid used to drop random times, and so they they finally got better too. Mm-hmm. So now they drop every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because they've also gotten so big. Morbid is 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 doing like the one Elena does a Monday show, Wednesday is Ashley, and then Fridays their um their like listener tales. Mm-hmm. Or something random, so they do it in a, and so they have they've gotten a pattern, so people know. Okay, I know when to listen for them. Uh, Crime Junkies is every Monday. They release religiously every Monday. Um, Smart List is either Monday or Friday. I've seen. So once you get that, when you know, yeah, people know. Okay, I can listen for them on this day. I know you can drum up excitement a little bit, like oh, I can't wait for the new one. It's going to drop this day, you know. So yeah. they know instead of, hey, I know they're recording something, but I don't know when it's coming out. Right. You know. But and again, was... I always fall back on as long as we're interesting, people will want to listen to us. So we have to stay interesting, and and you know topics like this where I wonder how it plays. That's why also I like to listen to see how it how does it sound. Does it sound like us just reading from our phone, and this is what happened next? And that's why I yeah. like I like us breaking in. Like I don't mean to cut you off, but hey, here's a little tidbit, and then, Donnie Donnie jokes here and there, and all this stuff. And you that's know? and that's kind of like what I was explaining when when you guys were cutting in. Like that's what I was trying to explain. I could just couldn't explain it right. <laughs> But yeah, no, it it does sound more interesting. It does sound better and everything like that. And the whole consistency thing. Um, when we first started out and had the Instagram, like I was posting pictures before I was even dropping. Yeah. What we were gonna do, like I was just hinting at what we, right. you know. So yeah, uh, I need to start getting better with that. <laughs> well, it's it's a process. I mean, it's it's hard. You have, you know, work and family and friends and all this shit to do, and then you're trying to like basically do a whole other job. You yeah. know, so. Until Dixon starts sponsoring us and throwing us free flannels like crazy, <laughs> that would be so awesome. <laughs> um, that that you know what? Let's put that on our. I've heard our, our dream board is to have a, our, our own uh, Dixon, our own Dixon. Dixon our own Dixon dropped in our honor. This, yeah, this is an impulsive thoughts uh, in, drop. <laughs> that would be so cool. A collab, a collab with Dixon. The fucking uh, the eyeglass cleaner would be our logo. Yes. <laughs> the button. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That would be so cool. So uh, yeah, it's just cool. So you know, we can get big enough. We we can we can work some stuff out. We just gotta, like I said, we gotta, you know, we get to that point where we're consistent and fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I'll uh, I'll see how much like the the t-shirts w- would be and everything like that, and how we would charge and everything like that too. Um, you you can go straight to the source too with uh with. Uh, our job with yep. Roscoe and C2. I don't know how that would work. But right. getting our logo on something like that, on shirts. And I'm just talking like t-shirts. I mean, or hoodies, but I mean, I don't... 
Well, what we could we'll do start is... start out with hoodies <laughs> or uh, shirts. What we could do, like... We can we can stop recording and talk yeah. about this, you know, right, off on. the air. Uh, so, all right, guys. Um, that being said, uh, I am Lupe, joined here with my favorite co-hosts, Donnie Rowe to my right. See ya. Seems like he checked out about 45 minutes ago, mm-hmm. but it's okay. And Mr. Dano to my left. Yo, I need a good sign-off. I need something cool to say every episode. (laughs) 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 All right, guys. We out this bitch. Peace.